Welcome to the About Life with Joe podcast. I'm Joe, and your life is about to get better. Please subscribe and enjoy. Hi, everyone. Today on About Life with Joe, we have a very special guest, Tanya Phillips. Tanya is an incredible female entrepreneur, model, podcast hoster, mom, what else? Amazing, amazing, amazing woman, super inspirational story, and um, can't wait for you guys to hear it. Enjoy. Hi, Tanya. Hey, Joe. How are you? Oh my God, I'm so good, and I'm so happy to see your beautiful face, even though we're not showing it on the podcast. We're like both of us zooming without makeup on, without in our sweatshirts. And uh, there's a little bit of um, kind of ease in that. Don't you feel like, you know, it's so much oh, easier? Yeah, definitely. I, um, I love that. I love the fact that, you know, I don't have to be fixed up to talk to somebody. And I just feel so comfortable uh, doing that with you. So, well, I feel so comfortable doing it with you too, but it's so funny because when people check out your Instagram page, they're going to see that you are, I mean, you are, you style yourself, you're styled, you're unbelievable, your makeup, your hair, everything is always like, you know, I comment back and forth on point and I'm like, girl, how is this even possible at your age? Like what the actual fuck are you doing? Because are you aging backwards? I mean, please enlighten us. Okay. Well, I, I don't mind uh, to share my little secrets here. Um, yeah. Pay so, attention, ladies. Pay attention. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Um, I uh, I don't mind to go makeup free at 44 now. I actually just shared a reel with no makeup, no filter, no nothing, uh, so that I could just be, you know, 100% authentic and um, you know, because a lot of the, this real um, everyone was doing and creating, they um, were doing it. Some were still doing it with filters. And mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm going to do it without a filter. I'm going to just bear it all. So my secrets, honestly, uh, in the last probably, I'd say six or seven years, I've really been focusing on my face and, and skincare and saying, uh, staying out of the sun, keeping my face out of the sun. Let's just say that because mm -hmm. we do love the sun. I love the sun. I will be honest. I, I have always, I'm a water baby as my mom said. So, um, I love the water and I, uh, and I have really, I had really done some major damage to my skin, you know, throughout the years, uh, with tanning in the tanning bed. Oh, and... me too. Me too. I was a professional. I was a professional yeah. tanner. Yeah. Yes, me too. Like me and my friend were just talking the other day. She was like, do you remember when we, when we would do double sessions, like what they allowed that? that in the nineties to, for you to do that. And we would do that. And it was so crazy. So I totally about, wanted to, remember. what about the baby oil? I remember putting baby oil on yourself and laying out. Oh yeah. No SPF. We would go out at, uh, me and my girlfriends, we would go to Florida each year and we would go to Panama City Beach, Florida, and we would lay out all day long, you know, morning till evening and then go in and take a shower and get ready and go out. So, yeah, no, no SPF. Um, I well, used it's, to, it's and, working know, for you now. It's working for you now. Your skin <laughs> is absolutely you're glowing. I mean, people trust me, listeners, trust me. You see her on the Instagram. I'm looking at her. <laughs> beautiful face on zoom and i think it's important to point out that like 
there are no filters here. I'm looking at you, your authentic self, and we're going to get into like what your insides are just as beautiful as your outsides. And I can't wait to share it with people. But so the yeah, sun, no, I mean, yeah, the sun. I mean, let me just say for for you to give me all the compliments, you. I mean, hello. <laughs> I want to know your secrets because olive you look oil. amazing. Yeah, olive oil and divorce. <laughs> maybe that's what i need you know oh my god don't send your husband for me don't send no. your husband for me and no 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 no. i don't i would never yeah. wish divorce on anybody but i think a happy girl is a beautiful girl and yeah. uh yeah. i think the messaging is to be happy oh yeah for sure and and we're going on 18 years it'll be well it's actually going to be 18 years uh february 14th on valentine's day and so we haven't killed each other yet, although I've wanted to a million times. Yeah. As long as you don't actually kill him, you're going to go <laughs> yeah. to jail because you're a child yeah. you, then you're okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, we're, not, we're not endorsing the murder of anybody. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. I'm definitely not doing that. But I will say I've thrown a cordless phone at him once or twice. <laughs> That's it? That's it? Yeah. That's all you got, I, I, girl? He, he didn't hit him, though. So thank goodness. But <laughs> um, Yeah. But so anyway, back to the skin. So uh, I, I started about six years ago. I thought, you know, I was, we were going to have our 20 year high school reunion. And I was like, That's oh motivation. My gosh. That's motivation. I've got to, I've got to get my shit together. Like I've got to look, you know, uh, a little bit better. And, and, and honestly, I had been going, my body and my mind had went through the ringer, you know, and, and we'll talk about that. And, and uh, with my, uh, you know, developing a, a um I had, let's, let's tell everybody let's tell yeah. everybody. let's go back so, right yeah so I ended up um after I had my son who will be 15 in February as well he um I had I, I ended up with a thyroid condition and so I ended up having to get on medication and ended up uh within like two two and a half years later I ended up with another autoimmune disease, which is celiac disease. And so for over a year, no, not a year, maybe six months, eight months, I went through living hell, basically trying to figure out what was going on with me so much so that I ended up doing a bone marrow biopsy uh, because my blood cell count was low. They thought I had leukemia. Um, I went to the Cleveland clinic to figure out. So scary. So scary. I had dropped a significant amount of weight within a short period of time. Now, and did you ever have, say, did you ever have any issues before that with food or eating? Yeah. Well, I never had any eating uh, issues except I did have um, stomach issues, bad, like bad stomach issues to where, like I said before, when I would go on these trips with my friends, I would go for 12 hours without eating in the car or eating anything because I was stuck in a car and I had explosive diarrhea. TMI, wow. I'm sorry. No, but I had to, to say, know, right? Yeah, like I had, I would always have like really bad diarrhea to where I wouldn't, I, this is something that throws a red flag to me. I, I, I think it started developing this eating issue, um, started developing then because I would not eat out. I would not eat out anywhere because I was scared that I was going to have explosive diarrhea. I wouldn't hardly eat if I was with, you know, when I met my husband, I wouldn't eat out like with him. I would, it took like six or eight months before I would eat anything in front of him. Not because I was afraid of what he thought. It was because of my stomach issues. Cause I was afraid, Oh no, how embarrassing mm-hmm. would it be to have explosive diarrhea, uh, you know, with, with him. So, um, so 
anyways, I, I had some stomach issues and then maybe a little bit of, you know, issues with the eating out and things like that. So here comes the celiac disease. I find out uh, from a, a simple blood test after all that stuff, a simple blood test. And I went to a allergy and immunology doctor and he said, he, I mean, he looked at me and he said, you have celiac disease. I, I just already know. And I said, okay. So he did the blood test. I ended up having other food allergies. So I had to do like an elimination diet and that kind of started. Oh no. Into this eating disorder that I developed because not only did I have how to old avoid, were you? How old were you? Tell oh everybody gosh. how old you are. Okay. I was, uh, let's see, I'm 44 now. So I was, uh, let's see, I'm 30. Um, I honestly can't remember the actual, how like old I was, but they're early thirties. Yeah. yeah. Early thirties. You're a new um, mom. You're a new mom, yes. right? You yeah. get, you've gotten diagnosed after, you know, being put through the ringer, medically and the testing and waiting for the test results, as you know, is like the worst possible way. I mean, I wrote a whole book about it, you know, because mm -hmm. it's so yeah. hard. And then you then get actually a diagnosis of celiac disease. And for those people that don't know what that is, is it you, it's not like, oh my God, I'm gluten averse. It's like, it will kill you. It will kill mm -hmm. you if you, if you eat it, it will make you very yeah. sick. Yes. It'll make you very sick. And it also, um, if, if you have celiac disease, it's not like a fad diet where you want to eat gluten-free. No, it's, you have to, because in your intestines, you have these little finger-like, um, they're called villi. Yeah. And there's these little finger-like things that suck the nutrition, nutrition out of the food and put it into your body. And you, you know, you absorb well over time, those go flat when you have celiac disease. So you know, it just, it, it doesn't, your, your nutrients doesn't go in. So you, you just, you have a lot of stomach issues. I mean, so you're eating, but you're not, not, you're not getting absorbing. vitamins. So you're sick. So you get diagnosed with celiac. Mm -hmm. So now you, um, so I've already, yeah. So I get diagnosed. And at that time I had already probably dropped a good 15 pounds just without doing, you know, any kind of, so then I found out that I have other food allergies. So I had to do this elimination diet. So I literally ate like celery, carrots, I mean, hummus. I mean, it was real small apple, like, you know, few things because there was so much stuff that came up. So I had to reintroduce each item, you know, over time and all the things that I could or could eat, uh, you know, I was then allergic to as well. So it, there was just, there was so much to it. And so that kind of started developing this attitude of, I don't like, um, you know, I'm mad at the world. I don't like my situation. I, why can't I be normal again? Um, you know, it never felt like it was about the weight until people started saying, making comments like, oh my God, you look like you're so thin. And I mean, some of the, the comments were very hurtful. Uh, I remember, well, going back to my 20 year high school reunion, you know, I was, I was getting coming out of the dark place that I was mm -hmm. in for years uh, with this eating disorder. And somebody was like, you just need to eat a cheeseburger. Like you just need to do that. Like, you wow. know, they, they had no idea what I was going through. And, um, you know, 
it just, yeah, I don't know. I've kind of went all over the place with that, but you know, let me, let me just bring everybody back for a second. So you get this diagnosis and there's all these kind of patterns that have formed, right. And they're all like around control, right? Yes. They're all around control. And when you get a disease diagnosis, I know firsthand, you try to control what you can because you Mm -hmm. can't control anything else. So the Mm -hmm. first thing people typically go to is food because it is so obvious and it is so um, easy to control. And if you're disciplined the way you are, that can then completely manifest like all of the the qualities that help you, right? That make Mm -hmm. you a successful businesswoman and all that stuff also have the opposite effect when it comes to the food control. Like, yeah, it, it, yeah, the, the control also came to, uh, because my life was kind of out of control. I'll be honest. I, uh, I, I was, like I said, yeah. So I was a mom, a stay at home mom and a wife. Um, I had a dad who was ill. So I was trying to like take care of him Mm -hmm. also be like, you know, the, uh, PTO, uh, mom of the year, you know, volunteer of the year. Yeah. I mean, I literally was doing everything. All of Which it. is bullshit pressure that women are yeah. put under. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, and especially if you're a stay at home mom, which I've had the privilege of being both like full-time working mom and a stay at home mom. Like people think because you're a stay at home mom that you're sitting around eating bonbons on the couch all day, like, oh. Peg, like Peg Bundy, like our yeah, yes, that's yes. not, that's not what's happening. Okay. Yeah. You are working, you are running your house. You're the CEO of your house. That job mm-hmm. is the hardest fucking job in the world. And I've had a oh, lot yeah. of jobs. Okay. Yes. And, and it's true. And then you take care of everyone. And so then you don't take care of yourself. You just put yourself at the very last place on the list. Mm -hmm. And I was just running around and running myself to the ground and, and trying to control just past like childhood issues because my dad was sick and he was, he was, you know, sick mentally too. And it was just, it was just a bad time. And um, you know, and my marriage struggled after, you know, two years of marriage, we, we almost, you know, called it quits because we were struggling a little bit and we've kind of been, you know, marriage is hard. It's been back and forth. And then, you know, wanting to have other children and not being able to, because let me, let me just say, I mean, my, my medical condition was not good. Yeah. Uh, and I, you know, they said, oh, you know, we can, um, you know, do infertility stuff. And I just knew that that wasn't probably the best choice for me because I was struggling with the eating disorder and it was going to literally kill me. And I, and I felt guilt over that. I felt guilty so bad because I wanted more than one child and don't get me wrong. I'm very lucky, very lucky to have one child, but it was one of the things that I thought in my head, I would love to have another child, you know, uh, Let's let's take the guilt off right here, right? Because you felt guilty for not having a second child, but what would have been worse is if you did do that and it killed you and then your son didn't have a mother. Mm -hmm. And so you made what what was appearing to be a selfish choice, you actually made a choice for your boy. And Mm -hmm. you should be not only so proud of yourself for that, okay, but you really put him first, you know, kids need their parents. Okay. And you made sure that because you were honest with yourself and it's an important message for everybody listening to hear, because you knew in your gut that, you know, maybe the fertility, but it would kill you. You chose your child. 
that you yeah. already had. Oh yeah, he is my number one. I Literally, see that on Instagram. He's a yeah. very good basketball player and very mm -hmm. handsome. Thank you. He uh, he is my one and only, and that's what his uh, title is in my uh, my phone. My <laughs> one and only. So he uh, he's definitely very special. He he came into the world very special. Uh, you know, nine months to the day that my father-in-law passed away. And that's all my father-in-law ever wanted us to have was a child. So he's, he's definitely special. So, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think that control guilt, um, you know, not feeling good enough, bad ex past experiences, um, you know, so everything just kind of came to a head and, and here I was at, you know, over 30 years old with the eating disorder. And I never struggled with any eating issues, you know, other than what I said with the celiac and, you know, things like mm -hmm. that, even in my teenage years, you know, I mean, I was just eating whatever and doing whatever and having a ball, you know? So I, uh, it, it just, it was just, things just came crashing down and, um, and you had full blown anorexia a anorexia. Yeah. And I'll tell you, wow. um, one of the biggest things that I, that made me want to change was when I was at my therapist who I see most recently, cause I've been through several, I'm not going to lie. It was a, it was, it was like, you it's would like get dating. to a point. It's like dating. Yes. You got to find the right fit. Yeah. yeah. Like you, you find one and they get you to one place. Then you got to find another to get you to the yeah. other. So evolution, you got to yes. keep evolving. Yeah. Yeah. And so she, you know, told me, she said, look, you know, anorexia has the highest mortality rate of any mental illness. Wow. And I said, oh, I'm going to, you know, I literally feel like go I'm going to die. Doctor. Right. Yeah. I, I was like, I'm going to die. This is like a, a light, you know, a, a sentence. I, and I watched, I'll tell you too, at, at that point, I watched my dad, um, give up on life. Mm -hmm. I, uh, oh, it's real hard for me to talk about because I haven't really, uh, talked about this, but I, um, he was ill and he had, a uh, you know, some, uh, mental, uh, issues because he had a, he had epilepsy mm -hmm. and he had brain surgery and he thought that this was going to help him. And, like and it did, in, mm -hmm. yeah. And it did in some ways, but it then in some ways it made things in his life a lot worse. And so, watching him uh, give up on life and just be so miserable as a person. And I, and I feel so bad for him. And, and I now know why he was the way he was, you know, uh, and that was a hard pill to swallow, but a huge life lesson to learn that uh, we're not perfect. You know, we're, we're all not perfect parents and we're not perfect people. And, um, but when I, I had some very good heart to heart conversations with him at that time, when he was in a rehab facility and he was, you know, giving up and on life. And I, uh, I just seen that. And I, and I looked around when I would walk into this facility, which was kind of like a nursing home mm -hmm. and I would see these, you know, older people. And I just look at them with their life and just think about each individual one. And I just, said to myself, like, what is my legacy going to be? You know, what, what am wow. I going to leave here in this world? And I thought about my son and I said, I'm a fighter. Like I've, I'm on this earth to fight for, I've been fighting and I'm going to continue to fight. And 
here I am. Wow. I, I, I mean, that is <laughs> such a powerful, beautiful emotion. I have the chills. I have the chills. Your, your father and his relationship with you. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think for every father and daughter, it's very, very pivotal. Um, as you know, my dad died when I was 16, so I can appreciate that loss. And I'm so sorry that you endured that. And watching somebody sick is like the absolute worst. But did you have forgiveness around and understanding around? Like you said, they do the best they could. Our parents do the best they can, right? We do the best we can as parents and that's it. And we made we make a lot of mistakes too. But did you have, did you find yourself with closure and some sort of forgiveness around him? And do you think that that maybe, it sounds like the timing of it, maybe started to be the seed of your, the start of your, your healing? Like, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. Like he, uh, you know, we had a rocky relationship. Um, you know, my, and not in the beginning, my parents were married for 21 years, but they ended up getting a divorce. You know, my dad ended up cheating on my mom. And so it was, a. How old I was probably 13 or 14, which was wow. a huge blow that's, to me. It was, it was devastating. When I say devastating, I still think about that to this day. And it upsets me, but I realized that they were better off apart. So they, so it, it was, let me say this. I think my dad regretted what he did. I know he did. He, mm -hmm. he told me he did, um, you know, but he was just in a low place at the time too, you know, and, and my parents weren't perfect. You know, their relationship wasn't. And no one's perfect. My, no. And, and nothing, my mom, no one and nothing is perfect. And I think like, let's dispel that message right now. Yeah. If you're looking for perfection, you're going to be constantly <laughs> failing. Just do your best. Right. That's what yeah, well, we're all here doing. That's what we're all and doing. That's, that's one of my, um, my little mantras is perfect is lame. That's my, yes, my that's little, right. Yeah. You write that all perfect the time. is lame. It's so lame. Um, and you know, my mom, you know, ended up marrying someone else, but my dad stayed single for a long time because the woman he was with didn't work out. And that was a whole nother story, but, um, you know, he was just mad at the world, you know, mad what he did mad because, you know, he ended up with epilepsy and couldn't drive and he, he raced race cars. And that was his life. He loved that. And so you, you can't get behind a wheel when you have seizures. And mm -hmm. so it just took everything that he had work. He was a very hardworking man and um, it took all that away from him. So you know, that's interesting. Hold on, hold on. There's a parallel here, right? You ever notice like everything that the epilepsy did to your dad, the celiac did to you. It mm -hmm. took away. I know that you and I, you know, we're friends outside of this podcast. Yes, yeah. And, and I remember you saying to me once, you know, I, I couldn't eat what I wanted to eat and I had to give up like kind of how I lived. And, I was that's mad. Yeah. Your, and that's what happened to your dad. Yes. Yes. And, and I seen that and, and that's why I can say like, I have like, that was such closure him passing because I'll tell you, I wanted him to live and live a full abundant life, but he is so much better off. And I believe that he's at peace. He's totally like at peace. Um, I think it's like really interesting to have that. Like, I, I believe that our um, stories like kind of all kind of 
you always get the same scenario until you learn the lesson. Mm -hmm. End of story, right? So your dad goes through this, you go through this, and let's walk everybody through. I think like you are such a light and a breakout star. Like if everybody right now, if you are not following <laughs> Not So Darling, like you gotta follow her. Her shit is so amazing. Like oh the gosh. stuff that you post, your content always makes me smile. It's sassy, it's inspiring, it's gorgeously curated. And let's, so you start, you heal from your, you heal from your anorexia, right? You, 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 you go on that yes, journey. Yeah. Which, congratulations, by the way. Yeah, it, it was a tough journey. And I, and I'll tell you that I always say I'm going to always be in recovery. I don't want to say I've recovered. I'm going to say I'm going to always be in recovery because to me, you know, it's, it's always one foot in front of the other. Got to just keep going, you know? Um, and I, I just want to say too that my head is going to be extremely large. So I don't know if I'm going to be able to get out of this room because you have pumped me up so much. I'm like, these it's people all true. are going to go. You know, oh I'm gosh. a lot of things. I'm a lot of things, but I'm not a liar. And oh. everything I say, and I do believe that, you know, you are so fascinating to me. And this is why, you know, I have a lot of 20 something listeners. And I think it's really important. They want to have it all figured out in their 20s. They want to know what the roadmap is. They're concerned. And here you are going through hell, literally walking through hell. And for anybody who has not been a young mom, that in itself is enough to put you over the edge. Okay. Mm -hmm. It is, yeah. it's hard. It's so hard. It's hard to adapt. It's all, it's tough. Right. And it's beautiful and all that yada, 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 and the beautiful baby, but it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to be mm -hmm. all of these things. And then you get the celiac, you have this tremendous loss, turns into an eating disorder, you have this incredible trauma and pain with your dad, and he then passes, and you mm -hmm. have this closure around that. And then you have to fight for your life. Now, you've heard me say, like you say, fight. I say, I had been fighting so long that when I got cancer, I thought if I fought, I would die. So instead, mm -hmm. I surrendered. And I Ooh. think that I think that that's what you did too. You leaned mm -hmm. into and accepted where you were so you could get out of it. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I, I say fighter because I come from a, a family of fighters. I mean, you know, but I, I think it was finally a time that I was able to, you know, my dad was at peace and it was just like a weight had lifted. Um, and I sat there and it was like, I could feel him just almost just like, you know, I don't know. It, it was just almost like a hug that I've like wanted for a long time. And like this, wow. this saying of, you know, like I'm, I'm really am, I'm proud of you. And I, and I, I know I didn't say it enough and I know I didn't tell you enough. And I just, it was like. You know, like I'm crying. I'm, I'm oh like, my I'm gosh, crying. I'm so sorry. It's <laughs> so beautiful. <laughs> Don't be sorry. It's so beautiful. It's such an important message. Like you, you know, I believe forgiveness is a superpower and you have that superpower and that superpower propelled you into this incredible chapter of your life. Like, tell me, tell us, like I called you, I remember calling you saying like, what, like, what are you doing? Because literally <laughs> In four weeks, everything changed for you. It like was like a light switch. 
right? Like you had yeah, started, yeah. you know, you had your podcast, you had this, like, let's walk us through how you became this, you, you know, you had all of this transition, all of this pain, all of this trauma, and you took it and you turned it into an incredible brand and business. Yeah, out of it was nothing, like, out of nothing, like literally like in your house, like with yourself, yeah. like you were, tell us, share. Yeah, it was, it was definitely a catalyst for uh, my brand and, and um, for my not so perfect moments in life, uh, uh, which ended up, you know, being a, uh, I guess like a, a way to pick myself back up and say, Hey, look, you know, like I wanted, I, I, I I had been listening to podcasts and I was like, Oh, I'm going to start a podcast. And my husband bought me the equipment for the one Christmas. And I just took off with it. I took a class, a local class. They had one here in, or well, it was in Louisville, Kentucky. That's where I'm from, but I'm in Taylorsville now, um, which is not very far, but I ended up, you know, uh, taking this class and I wanted to share stories like of other people of their not so darling moments because Mm -hmm. You know, being from Kentucky and in the South, uh, you know, I everybody's like, oh, darling. And, you know, my grandmother, she used to say darling. And so I thought, let's put a nod to her because she was a big influence in my life. And um, so I said, not so darling, because I'm not so darling, because what you see and what you get is too different, you know, sometimes because I feel like I'm not perfect. Like I I'm silly. I say silly stuff. I you're record fun. myself. You know, I'm funny. I think yeah. you're funny. I think your texts are funny. You're funny. You're like fun to be around. You're funny. Yeah. I'm just funny. Like I don't take myself too seriously, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, just, you know, it is what it is. You know, you're not going to get perfect. So if you might get a text with some grammar issues and whatever else, but that's the, the, girl, you're in good company. I mean, yeah. uh, I'm a writer and uh, I'm just going to say my editor is like, I, I mean, she's yes, probably me like, too. can this girl even spell? Can she <laughs> yes. spell? I, I'm like, no, I can't spell. I have no punctuation. No, it is what either. it is. So whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I just started with posting uh, well, the podcast. So I started uh, wanting to share stories um, about, you know, other people's journeys and just, I find people so intriguing. I love to hear people's stories about where they've come from and what, you know, and what they're, you know, doing, uh, um, and how, and how that they've really been through some hard times in their life and came out of it, you know? So I think that is what started the podcast. And I had been posting like, um, uh, modeling and, uh, let's see what else, like fashion stuff, you know, here and there, um, just style stuff. And then I started, cause the that's podcast. your passion. That's your oh, passion. Yeah. Like when you yeah, and I spoke yeah. and we were talking and I remember I said to you, you gotta just get clear about what you want because <laughs> once you get clear about what you want, it's going to happen. Right. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, this, that, and you're like, well, I want to, and you said to me, I want to be a model. You said it to me yeah. on the phone this summer, right? This past summer. Mm-hmm. You said, I want to be a model. And at the time you're 43, 44, how old? Yeah, 43. Right? I just turned 44 October, okay. in October. So you're, you were 43 years old mm-hmm. at the time. And I, you and I are like talking. I think I'm like walking Douglas and I'm on the phone and I'm just like, mm-hmm. wow, this, and I had been a guest on your incredible podcast. And yes. And you said, you said, I said, well, you know, Tanya, 
that's all great and good that you can do all these things, but you need to just like get clear about what you want. And then it's going to happen for you. And you said to me, I want to be a model. And I'm just like, what is she 16? Like, what, like, what does that mean? Like, is Cindy Crawford? Like, what are, yeah, we, I, what are you, Kaya Gerber? Like, what's going on? Like, I, mm-hmm. I was like, what, Gigi Hadid rolling in? Like, what is going on here? And you were, it was like a clear, simple, heartfelt, from your core of your soul statement. And what mm-hmm. everybody listening right now should take a pause and, and, and realize what this woman was able to do. At 43, she makes that statement. Literally, no exaggeration, I wanna say four to six weeks later, you blow up on Instagram and you're like a model. Yeah, that, well, I don't know. Yeah, it was, it, <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it, honestly, it was, it was a slow process, but I just, you know, shared other people's stories and my story and then fashion and style and, um, I really, you know, with the modeling, I wanted to do, I wanted to, uh, inspire women over 40 to, to dream big and go for, go for their dreams and, uh, yeah, and I just put say. themselves, yeah, put themselves Amazing. out there. And, um, I don't know. I, I think, I think that, um, you know, I, I'll, I'll be honest. I was in, uh, several mom groups on Instagram. So we would help each other out. So that was helpful. I'll be honest. Like, you know, I've been approached by other people to ask me like, how did you, how, how did you grow successfully? Yeah. yeah. And and I said, well, you know, I, I use a lot of hashtags. I, uh, I did promote myself on Instagram, uh, a couple of times, um, using like their promotion, promotion things. And, um, I just, I got into these, a few mom groups and we would all help each other. Like, Hey, you know, I shared this today or I did this or like this and comment and I will do the same. And then I ended up like building a community around that, like meeting all these different women and other moms. And some of them aren't even moms. They're just entrepreneurs or um, influencers or, you know, wives or just Badass women. You gave me some really great advice on that. And I feel like it's important to share this messaging with everybody. I called you up and I said, you know, just like anybody I admire in business, I look at who's doing it. And then I call them and I say, how did you do it? Like, I'm not reinventing the wheel. And you know, I've always had like a love-hate relationship with Instagram. Like the Mm -hmm. only reason I have an Instagram is because my publisher was like, yeah, we don't fucking care that you don't want an Instagram. (laughs) Like you you need one. And I was like, all right, all right. And I said, you know, I was whiny. I was whiny. All my listeners should know I was whining. I was whining. To t- I call this I call this amazing woman up and I was like, you know, like, I don't know. Like, I just like, uh, like, I can't and this. And you're like, Joanna, if you want it to work, you said to me, you just have to show who you are. That's it. Show who you are and people and you will grow and people will find you like just how we're talking now. And you gave me that just like solid, very, very smart, very practical advice. You told me about the engagement groups and and doing, and I did those things. And I, my following has doubled in two months. Okay. Yeah. And I, that is the Tanya secret. So then I said to you, then the entrepreneur (laughs) Joe kicks in. I said, you got to teach people how to do this because you're so good at it. I said, maybe there's your business, you know? Mm-hmm. I know. I've been thinking a lot about that. I just, I don't know. It's so, 
it's so hard for me. Like when you say all this stuff, I've got this huge smile on my face and I'll be honest, when you called me and asked me, I'm like, who am I to give her like advice? Like I, I literally said that I was like, you're the successful one doing it. That's oh who you gosh. are. And we, you need to step into your own amazingness. Yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> like, that's just the, that's the, that's actual facts. And it's like, I think another important messaging uh, message about what you're doing is you are lifting other women up and other women lifted you up. Okay. And that mm -hmm. is, you know, a really important message here. Okay. To remind all the women that are listening, none of us have it figured out. No. None of us are perfect. What you see on Instagram that's filtered and whatever, <laughs> that shit looks amazing. But we also put, I, I put unfiltered stuff out because of you. Me too. Yeah. Yes. You inspired and, and, me. And I'll tell you, like, there's no reason why you shouldn't because you are beautiful. <laughs> seriously. I mean, yeah, all right, seriously. All right. I'll own that. I, you know, I think I'm a yeah. little cute. I mean, your okay? skin. Little... Oh my gosh. I mean, seriously, you, when I say divorce, that, it's a divorce, baby. I'm <laughs> kidding. I'm kidding. Oh my God. My ex-husband does not listen to my podcast. So that's okay. okay Neither do my yeah. kids. I'm just being a little smarty pants mm -hmm. right now, but, um, no, 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 Every, it's all good. But I do believe that when we are in circumstances or in the times when we're in the desert, right, when we're mm -hmm. in the desert and we're in the struggle, even though you could have all of the aesthetics on the outside, like the perfect, you know, this, the perfect that, you don't feel beautiful. And I think for me now at 49, what you see is my inner self aligning with what the outside was. I have, and I will tell you, never in my life until this year felt beautiful. Wow. Okay. I, I can, I can relate to this. And I will say that I felt the same. Like I, I finally, you know, when I was talking about my face, so we, we kind of went off a topic with that, but to go back to that, when I started to take better care of my skin, you know, because not only had I been a sun worshiper and had, um, hyperpigmentation, fine lines, uh, I also had laxity in the skin because I had lost, you know, when you lose weight, you see Fast. that, you know, on Fast, when you lose, right? yes, your skin starts to kind of sag. And, and, um, and so with that came, you know, I had really bad, uh, sunken, uh, sunken in kind of like skeleton sort of facial, which I do already have high cheekbones anyway, but, um, it was, you know, pretty noticeable. Yeah. And when um, women lose volume, yeah, they lose volume. Weight as we get older, you look at these like you're yeah, your gone. Yeah, gone. Yeah. Yeah. Is that what it is? And and so I uh so I said, well, I need to start, you know, helping myself. So I ended up, you know, I've had a little things done here and there. I had some uh tweaking, I had is, acne too. tweaking is good. Tweaking yeah. is good. I'll tell you the 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 positive of it is I had acne too. Uh, and so I thought that like sun would dry it up and it made things worse. I had scarring. So I ended up having laser resurfacing done. Um, and it was so beneficial. It gave me so many benefits. I mean, seriously, it not only helped with scarring, it helped with some of the like the elasticity in the skin. <laughs> um, it helped, you know, get some of that youthfulness back, take away some of those fine lines. And then I'll get know, I disport, you know, in some of the areas that I like, I, I tend to squint because I wear contacts and glasses. So 
I'll get that every now and then. And I've had some just recently did uh, locally a what are called PDO threads um, and that's threading, which is kind of like a, a thread that they mm-hmm. do like uh, stitchers with um, and they'll thread it into your face and kind of like pull it out. Oh, wow. But it actually lifts. So it stays in there and it lifts the skin. So it's a do really do, cool. Do you do new, Botox? Yeah, Disport is it's it's another name for a, another Botox, but Disport, yeah, that's what I do, like right here yeah. uh, in the elevens, um, and sometimes I'll get it around the eyes, and I've had it done around the mouth a few times uh, to help kind of lift, like a lip flip is what they call it, but you can't really move right here, so wow. it's it's very awkward. You need to talk <laughs> so, and, and eat, so yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, but the the PDO threading was so cool, it's so innovative innovative. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's helped. So, you know, and I've had a few fillers here and there. I had a sculpture done a, a couple of times that's helps like, uh, put, you know, the volume back in there. It's I'm sending you my olive oil. So you start with oh, that. Yes. Cut down on all of the stuff. And you I'll tell you one that. of the things, yeah. One of the things that really helped, I'll be honest with you, uh, is gaining weight back. Uh, you, know, you need to eat and you need yeah, to gain yeah. weight. And it's not even like, I'm Your not health. saying it in a sense like, oh, you need to eat a cheeseburger type like comment right. like what you were saying, yeah. but what you fuel your body with and and as we're wrapping up, like it's a, it's a great message. Like mm-hmm. your body was so sick and then it starved. You, and then you were able to, and anybody that can see your pictures sees exactly how gorgeous and healthy you are. You were able to then put good things into your body mm-hmm. to be able to bring yourself back. And yeah. that's the stem is the number one thing. And I, I say this all the time in my goal setting and in, in the, in the, in what I teach in Mindset Mentor is that you have to start with your health because all the other goals don't matter. If you don't have your health, you don't have anything. So mm-hmm. for all those people right now doing crazy things to their bodies, stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll tell you, um, you know, I see, you know, I'm, I'm all for getting a few things here and there. I, I'm going to say I, I'm an advocate for doing whatever you feel is good. But when they're really young, I, I just, you know, and I know it's pre- prevention, they say, you know, like we're going to get Botox at 20. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, because you can I mean, there are some things you can reverse, you know, uh, and it's helpful, like I said, with, with what I've done. So I was able to reverse some of the signs of aging. And so, yeah, you know, you could get a little here or there at, at a younger age, but I, I really wouldn't do that. I mean, I just, I feel like as you get older, maybe, you know, when you start to see a little, um, that's that's my opinion, you know, so your 20 something year olds may not like that, but I tell you to be authentically just who you are um, with a little tweaking, you know, yeah, it's fine, little, you know, and just a little fun. Yeah. And a little fun. And also, uh, if I would have known now or then what I know now <laughs> at that age, I would tell them to definitely take care of yourself really healthy, health wise skin, um, mentally don't be ashamed. Like if you have some mental things going on, talk to somebody, reach out. Uh, if you're struggling with the eating disorder, don't, don't feel you know, uh, that you can't talk to somebody about any of those things, uh, because, you know, there are people to listen and they can reach out to me if they need to. That's I'm not amazing. a counselor, 
but I'll yeah, help. But you're, you have experience. That's amazing. Yeah. It's such amazing messaging. It's been so amazing to talk with you today. And your honesty, your vulnerability, your transparency is going to help lots and lots and lots of women. I feel very privileged to call you a friend. And I am so grateful to have met you. Oh, no, thank you. I, I can I cannot um, thank you enough for coming on my podcast and getting to know you. Uh, so I appreciate you just as as well as you do me. And I just have one last thing to say is just really stay to, true to who you are um, because it's your brand and your message and um, it's not anyone else's. So don't look at anyone else's social media and say, oh, this or that. Just be true to who you are. And authenticity is what has gotten me to where I am. Amen. Amen, sister. Tell tell everybody <laughs> where they can connect with you, where they can find you, how they can DM you. Tell tell everybody where to yeah, find you. Yeah. So so you I have a website which is not so darlin.com, which is oh, not we'll dot com, And then on Instagram at uh, not so darlin Tanya, and it's T-O-N-Y-A. Well, it's an amazing page. Go follow. It's always mm-hmm. inspirational and fun and super. If you're into fashion, it's just cool. And I love I love what you're doing. So I wish you continued success. I think this is the tip of the iceberg for you. This is you're just getting started, girl. Oh, so are you. That's right. Watch yeah, out. We're going to get through it together. That's right. And nothing is better than doing that. It's because it's all it's all about the journey, right? Yes, yes, for sure. So, so in closing. Tell us, you know, why, why following your gut is the most kind of important thing and listening to yourself. Like where, where in your life, like how do you followed your gut, like in wrap up? Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, if I probably would still be stuck in this, these old patterns, if I hadn't followed my gut and instinct to and my drive to want a better life, you know? Um, So I think, you know, you have to follow your gut. So if your gut is telling you one thing, but your mind is telling you something else, go with the gut, not the mind, because the mind is gonna play the tricks on you. And um, and it will, it will, you know? That's the best advice, that's the best advice. That that should be, you know you're in fashion, make it a t-shirt. Make it a t-shirt. That's a good one. Oh, okay. I may do that. All right, Miss Tanya. Thank you. And um, I wish you the best. I wish you the best, too. Thank you so much. Thank you. You're so wonderful. So are you. Great (laughs) second.